Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. This episode of Surveyor Says is brought to you by Esri. Esri is the global market leader in geographic information system software, location intelligence, and mapping. Since 1969, Esri has supported customers with geographic science and geospatial analytics, what they call the science of where. To learn more about the company, software, technology, and the programs they support, please visit esri.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is your host, Tim Birch, and we are really kicking off something that's very exciting, or at least it's exciting to me, so I'm hoping it's exciting to the rest of the listeners and to the profession, because we've got, well, I, it, I won't even call her a special guest anymore. She's, uh, she is our, in, well, no, she's not incoming. She is our vice president, um, speaking of Linda Foster of South Dakota. And we've got a brand new series to go along with a very special partnership that we have with Esri uh, that we are starting this year. And so we're going to have a little new series of, of a combination of podcasts and webinars and articles and a whole bunch of other stuff with Linda. And it is, it's, the series is called Surveying and GIS with Linda Foster. And so we've invited Linda on today. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing today? I'm well, Tim. Thank you for having me. So we thought we'd have Linda on because we've got, and we've put this together actually very quickly. Um, I guess that's the power of promotion these days. Um, we've got a, We do have a, a, a webinar coming up on Thursday, April 20th. I think I got my dates right, um, that we'll talk about. And, uh, and then we've got several other webinars that are coming up as well. So we'll have Linda run through those and just give us a taste of what uh, you know, and, and I guess that's the, been the beauty of getting to know Linda these last several years, and uh, it, it's we're already feeling the influx of her, um, basically what she brings to the table as a professional land surveyor and a GIS professional, uh, and the power of GIS being merged in with uh, the power of the technology of, of surveying. So, Linda, I've said all of that, so we can roll out the red carpet for. This, this new series we're putting together with, with you and Esri, we appreciate Esri stepping up as an industry partner. Tell us a little bit about where we want to go with surveying and GIS and mer the merging technologies. Well, absolutely. Thank you, Tim. Just a quick uh, brief intro for those who, who don't know me. I'm Linda Foster, as Tim mentioned, and I am the global manager of land records and cadaster for Esri. I've had uh, the fortune of working in both the land surveying and GIS professions really in tandem my entire career and it they are both absolutely a passion of mine so this is this is an area that really gets me excited and and uh, Tim will probably have to have to cut me off at time here because once <laughs> I get going sometimes I can't help myself and and slow down but yes 
we we are uh, looking at just where we are as as an industry as a whole in land surveying and also in the the GIS side of things as well. We're we're very busy these days. We're very fortunate to have a lot of work out there to do, and we have the infrastructure work that's coming as well. We all know there's a lot of discussion around workforce development and education and how do we squeeze everything into a day. And so we thought, you know, a webinar series would be a, a nice way to help people stay up to speed with what's going on, short snippets, you know, an hour at a time to really just introduce those who maybe don't have a chance to spend a lot of time with a deep dive into certain topics. And so hopefully we can bring that to the table and just introduce those who maybe don't know a lot about it or for those who've maybe stuck their toe in but really want to take off and learn more about how GIS can help them as a land surveyor. Uh, this, this series is really for you. That's what we're hoping to do here. So the first webinar, as Tim mentioned, is coming up very quickly here this Thursday, April 20th. And it will just really be uh, an opener. Let's get to know what GIS can do for land surveyors. Let's take a look at where we are in today's uh, climate and really how can GIS help you, whether you're a public sector surveyor or whether you're in private sector, private practice, what are the ways that GIS can A, help your business? How can it help you manage and organize and you know, augment your business as a land surveyor? How can it help your client deliverables? And how can it help you maybe manage your projects if you're on the public side and you are responsible for organizing and managing those projects. So really the first one's nice overview. We're just gonna open it up and do some history and background and look at how we got to where we are today, what's changed over the, the last few decades. Why is it exciting right now for us to be where we are and what, what's, the, what's the future holding for us? So really that's what we'll take a, a close look at in the first webinar. The second and third, we'll dive a little bit deeper into more technical topics. Second one will be focused for, really for those of you who are in cadastral surveying, I think you'll really love this topic. It will take a deeper dive into our parcel fabric and look at what that means for surveyors and how that integrates into what the surveyor does. It's really, uh, really an, an excellent um, op opportunity or option for, for those of you that, who practice in cadastral surveying. And then the third one is really taking a close look at field solutions. So we know that we have a lot of um, interest in, in opportunity around as-building, taking that data that post-construction we want to capture and move into operations and, and maintenance. You know, we're seeing a lot more of that being called for in contract documents, especially with the infrastructure bill coming. And how can we really leverage GIS to keep our field crews safer, make those workflows more seamless, and really add efficiency and value add for, for your customers on the other on the other side. Very good. Um, no, we're looking forward to all of these webinars. I think it's going to really offer and help connect the dots. Uh, and, and like we said, merge, merge these, these technologies of, of what we've been able to bring uh, really forward with not just, not just the GNSS and the robots. It's, it is the, it is scanning. I mean, it's a multitude of, of, uh, of information that we're able to collect and then what I, I do, what I'm really looking forward to, and I think uh, I think the listeners will should really pay attention to this, is the parcel fabric, and really all the work that's going to be done can be done with parcel fabric in the, in a cadaster in parcels, and really the the leaps and bounds that that Esri brings to the table with the capability of of being able to manage all of these all of these shape files, all of these these uh, parcels. 
Um, and I guess that's the one thing that 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 still uh, it, it does excite me. And yeah, you're I, you know, unfortunately, I think we, we almost need a third party on here to pull us both off, both away from the uh, when we start to geek out about all of these things. But um, what's been interesting is to getting to real you know understand and realize how important cadastres are around the world and how important it really would be to take that same technology and and thought process and apply it to our our uh, parcel databases and being able to manage things that much uh, more with, with really more data and being more robust of being able to, to be able to, to manage and and work efficiently within parcels. And I think that's what parcel fabric really, really brings to the table. It absolutely does. And I, you know, we're, we're in an interesting point in our country right now from a cadastral standpoint, we're, we're reasonably mature compared to many other, other countries around the world with our land record situation, but we always have room for improvement. And I think what we're seeing right now is, I like to call it the part two, phase two, volume two, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're, we're mapped, we're digital, we have great things going on in our country, but how do we make it better? And spatial accuracy is one area that we're really seeing a lot of interest around and a lot of uh, interest for improvement around. So I'm very excited for the next few years to see where we where we go with this. The parcel fabric gives us the vehicle to do it, but we need land surveyors uh, right alongside us to provide the data and information needed to to augment and make these these data sets better. Exactly. Well, and what I'm looking forward to uh, beyond the beyond the webinars is is some of the conversations that we're gonna we're gonna have on a regular basis, talking about surveying and how much the GIS technology can really play into what uh, what can enhance the the, the surveyor's uh, knowledge base and and even what more they can bring to the public and their clients with some of the information that's out there. Because what's fascinating to me, and I've learned so much more. Um, in in the time that uh, that you, you and I have have worked together on some things about open source data and a lot of the places that uh, we can use utilize a lot more information to provide that much more guidance that much more uh, consultation uh, to our clients both private and public and there's just so much information that's out there but it's also from the surveying perspective being able to disseminate what is truly, I'll call it survey accurate, and what is really kind of a mapping overall. Um, there's, there's some things that you want to be, make sure of that, uh, that, that maybe it doesn't have the, the, the precision and accuracy that's necessary for our work and knowing what some of, the, some of the differences are as well. But there's still some great open source um, da- data sets out there that can really enhance what we can provide as far as our overall, our overall product uh, to our clients. That's right, and I, I think one of the there, there's two keys here that I that I heard heard you saying there, Tim. And one is I think what we really need to think about as land surveyors, especially, is keeping our data living. As as land surveyors, traditionally, you know, we're very project oriented and project based, and so there's a, a beginning and an end. And there's an incredible amount of work and data that's developed and provide you know, captured, gathered, processed, and used. And then unfortunately it, it, it dies, you know, the project gets built, it, 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 you know, contracts are wrapped up and finished. And then unfortunately, a lot of that data ends up shelved. And so one of the, the trends that we're seeing right now is really an interest in, in some of our larger, larger organizations across the country in 
using GIS to keep our data living. And it really touches on what you said there, Tim, of being able to access our data and have that data available for inside our companies, for our employees and our, our stakeholders internally, but also for our customers and clients and the public in some instances, being able to have that live data feed back and forth between the, you know, whether it's a, a consultant owner type of a situation, or even if it's inside your own government organizations, just being able to all have access to that data in real time all of the time, because we all know we make much better decisions when we have data available to us and the best data possible, ideally, uh, available at all times. And that's where today's technology really gets me excited because web services, little teaser for our webinar here, we'll talk about those. They're really a game changer in what GIS can do for us. And, and those are our areas that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement for surveyors and just being able to leverage those data sets and having them be readily available. And then the other thing you touched on too, Tim, is, is quality of data, high accuracy data, kind of dancing around the appropriate use of data. Absolutely, we have, there's two things there. There's metadata, 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 metadata. We, everybody hates <laughs> yes. the word. I had to get that out of my system, but it really is a critical part of what all of us do in the geospatial fields, whether you're a land surveyor, a GIS professional, anyone who's handling geospatial data, metadata is absolutely critical. And it's only going to become more so as we move into the future here with our dynamic datums that are just around the corner and the work the NGS is doing. It only becomes more critical. And so those are things that are very important. And I think just also um, healthy education amongst the communities between the land surveyors and the GIS practitioners of really understanding what each group does and who who has uh, responsible charge in what situations, you know, just a really just healthy understanding and respect. I think those are, are really key for, for all of those parts working together and the machine running smoothly, if you will. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Well, before we get too, I do have a couple of other topics. I want to go, go off on too many tangents. Let's go back to the webinar series for a moment. Somebody that's interested, we'll have some stuff in the show notes, but where where is all this going to be reside? Where How does somebody that, that's now interested in this webinar series, where can they go to get signed up for it? Absolutely. So we have a webpage out there for you to be able to sign up and we'll provide those links with the, the podcast here. Don't worry. If you're in the field, if you're busy, you can't make it during the live session, not to worry at all. Get your registration in and you will be sent a link of the, the recording as well, straight to your inbox. We'll also post those and have them available for viewing uh, after the event as well. So you'll, you won't miss out if you can't tap, if you can't catch the live, uh, the live version. That's great. And, you know, and I guess that's the beauty of technology and the world we live in now that it's not about if you didn't catch it live on network TV or live on the radio, whatever that you're, you're missing out. It's, you you take the information and you 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 digest it when it's convenient for you, and I think that's just the wonderful part about the technology and being able to have these kinds of conversations and be able to take that information forward. So yes, we'll have everything. We hopefully uh, our our listeners and our members and non-members won't be too inundated with uh, with the links, but uh, we'll we'll blast it out with the podcast, with some social media, with some direct emails. Um, because this is a very exciting series. I'm I'm really looking forward to taking this all in because I want to continue to learn more because I think there is just that much more to be able to to combine all of these these things. Um, I mean, I just remember the excitement of uh, the well, I'll I'll say the first uh, 
uh, EDM I was able to use early in my career. That way, that dates me, doesn't a little bit. Um, but then uh, the first data collector, the first robot, the first GNS, GPS, and then GNSS, and some of this just the technology as it continues on. Now to be able to pull in some of these data sets and and the tools that GIS allows us to put together, um, it's just it is it's exciting. You're right. I, I will completely geek out on all this stuff, but uh, it's I think there's a lot I think there's a lot of practitioners out there that that will enjoy it to, to the same degree, if not more, than than you and I do. Absolutely, and hopefully we can help some of the some of you along the way too. If you're seeing new requirements for. We're needing to deliver in GIS deliverables now. I know that's becoming more prevalent. You know, hopefully these webinars will have a little bit of a little bit of something for everyone. You know, that we can can help you out in in things that you're doing in your your daily work. Very good. All right. Well, I did promise to go off on a couple of little tangents because I think it's important that people also understand where the, where some of the possibilities are with with this uh, this this merging of the the technologies. And one thing you one thing you touched on earlier, and I think yes, we'll talk about it probably more in some webinars and such. But um, going back into the, the whole uh, concept of as builts and compiling all of this data uh, that, and it's not just the the public; it's some private companies and and other entities that are wanting this data in GIS because it it is so much more robust than um, than an than a, uh, a a text file or just even a simple CAD file, there's so much more information that can be put in this GIS database with geo-referenced information. Where are you seeing uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of this technology being pushed forward as far as as-builts and other, uh, other avenues that makes this information just that much more robust? Well, as-builts are an area that we absolutely are seeing a lot of activity in, and it, it makes complete sense because you and I both understand as, as practicing land surveyors ourselves, how our built world is, is moving and it's moving at a rapid pace and our rights of way are, are filling up with underground infrastructure, with above ground infrastructure, with infrastructure period. And as our infrastructure ages out and we need to replace it or we need to expand it, uh, it we're understanding and realizing now just how critical it is to know where those, where those features are and, and, you know, that's a challenge quite often. Uh, we don't know where our infrastructure is underneath the ground always. And it poses a danger. It adds costs to projects. It, it adds to O&M costs. It, you know, it's, it's inefficient all of the way around. And so with the infrastructure bill, particularly here, uh, you know, on the scene, there's absolutely a tremendous amount of opportunity to, and we have the technology and the capability now to be able to capture that information with a high level of accuracy and put it in a system that will live. You know, it kind of goes back to that living system that I mentioned. It's going into a system that's easily accessible anywhere, anytime to anybody, of course, that you give grant permission to, um, can get their hands on the data. So no longer are we digging through filing cabinets or wondering if it's still in a banker's box in the basement, you know, kind exactly. of a situation. You know, we, we all know, <laughs> we all chuckle, but we know that's that's the reality. And we want to move into the future with um, with a different approach, and hopefully that means capturing the the infrastructure before it gets buried, as it's going in the ground with a high level, high degree of accuracy, and having it placed in a living system that can be readily accessible, you know, very soon uh, thereafter. And I think that's that's a really important thing 
Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Exactly. And you know that's and and I'll, I I'm going to just going to tease this and say we're going to save that for another another podcast, another conversation uh, about. Because uh, I would, I would look, would like to delve into a little bit of your past and uh, a little bit of, of like I said, all the all the record keeping, all of the data that you were doing with uh, all of your mine work in uh, South Dakota that I think would be interesting. But to your point, is that I, I know I've worked in enough different places, factories, even municipalities, that they may have a bunch of old paper records, old hand drawn stuff. That doesn't necessarily say when a sewer was installed and when a when a, a fire hydrant has been installed or a water main, what have you. And I think we're just now in a lot of places seeing that the shelf life of these utilities, uh, because it hasn't been tracked, now they're failing. And now it's a matter of knowing what that what that upkeep and what that revitalization cost is going to be. And you're right, the infrastructure bill is hopefully going to help with some of that. But I think this is an opportunity to to do more uh, more record keeping uh, of all of this digital data as well. So um, I think I think you're absolutely right that this is an opportunity uh, for surveying uh, to really become to come back to being an important part of this this databasing uh, of all of these as built. So I look forward to being able to to talk more about that that aspect uh, down the road because. It is an opportunity for it. It's a lot of mapping that needs to be done. And because it really needs to be geo-referenced, like you said, going forward with uh, the dynamic datums with NGS and a few things, it's, uh, it, it really needs to, to have some oversight putting it all together. It really does. And it really, you know, it solves a lot of maybe, I don't know if I would say problems, but a lot of challenges that you and I have experienced through through our practice and just a couple of other areas that, keeping this information in a living system or, or leveraging GIS to hang on to that golden information that land surveyors, you know, are capturing every day of their lives is two things I would say is, you know, our workforce changes that are happening right now. We have so many folks that are retiring out with our, our baby boomer generation, if you will, all of that legacy knowledge in these communities and these organizations, you know, maybe one or two folks knew exactly where all of those valves and hydrants and what lines yep. and everything were. And then when they retire and move on, you know, we, we lose, we really feel those losses in it from an O&M standpoint. So workforce, you know, enhancement is, is obviously one, one huge role there, but also redundancy and data storage. I don't know about any of you, but I've, you know, worked in the old mining towns and, and districts and things like that. Fire was prevalent, huge loss of records, fires, floods, you know, those types of, of catastrophic events. And of course, we're seeing in our our current society, modern society, where we're having more extreme weather patterns and things like that. You know, the paper records, you have, kind of have one shot and if you lose them, they're gone. And that's one of the beautiful things about uh, keeping things digital is that there's, right. there's redundancy. And so being able to hang on and, and ensure you're going to maintain, uh, maintain longevity of those records is, is a, a huge opportunity for this as well. Exactly. So, uh, if you haven't already, kind of scribbled that down in your calendar somewhere. Starting this Thursday with uh, with the with the first uh, introduction to G, basically introduction to GIS and surveying webinar that uh, Linda and Ezra will be putting on. And like I said, go to the website, get the rest of the information, get these signed, get signed up for them, and be prepared to be wowed with some of this information and really open your eyes to 
what is possible out there. And I'm looking forward to to really generating just more thought and more ideas and and, and really giving people uh, some 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 impetus to go chase some more ideas uh, because there's always going to be something to learn. And this is definitely uh, an avenue that's going, only going to continue to grow. Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, and I did promise uh, at least one other tangent because I think it's something that, uh, well, I, I really, I really want people to hear it from your perspective. Uh, we recently had our spring business meetings and in conjunction with our, our NSPS spring business meetings is the, annual student competition. And so we've changed it up the last couple of years. And I don't think people are completely aware of uh, the technology that went behind a big part of the the competition itself. And so day one, and actually this year with so many teams, we had to split it up uh, actually for both days. But one of the one of the full days of the student competition was a scavenger hunt of significant monuments around the District of Columbia and surrounding areas. And so tell us a little bit about how NSPS and the young surveyors that were running it kind of roped you into this, putting together this uh, with this, with the survey one, two, three app from, uh, from Esri and was able to, to really take that technology and, and uh, utilize it for just a wonderful tool for the the students and even the organizers to be able to track everybody and and really make this a, a wonderful competition. Oh, absolutely. Well, this actually sort of had kind of a slow start last year. I won't say slow start, but we started this concept last year and the scavenger hunt of monuments, which is, I think this is just an absolutely incredible experience for these students to get to come to Washington, DC. Some of our richest surveying history in the country is right in Washington, DC. And so First of all, just what an opportunity for those those students to get out and be able to learn about history and also be practicing surveying. But as organizers, selfishly, we we looked at it a bit and went, wow, okay, that's a lot of students, that's a lot of bodies, and that's a lot of marks. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to score all of this and we want to keep everybody safe. And, uh, you know, so logistically, uh, there were a lot of worries and considerations and thoughts to make sure that we put on an event that was fun and challenging and kept everybody reasonably safe. So we really looked towards GIS to think about, okay, we've got all these student teams. We don't want them further than really like 20 minutes from a metro stop, Um, you know, because it needs to be largely walkable. They were able to use other modes of transportation as well. So we looked at all of the marks in the in the DC area and we started pairing back on some of these different you know things like well, okay if they're if they're in a uh, sensitive area we don't we want to take those out we don't want them you know we want to keep them out of sensitive areas we want to make sure that they're reasonably accessible but not um, you know we want to make it challenging but not you know too difficult and so we really right. leverage GIS to look at our times our distances and look at where our marks were to kind of pare down and, and come up with the, the data set uh, that we would have the students go out and, and do their scavenger hunt, if you will. So that was kind of the first piece that was using core GIS functionality to do that. Once we had those, those pieces in place, we figured out where we wanted them to go. We had different data layers, which of course, you know, any, anyone who's familiar with GIS knows that's kind of the beauty. You know, you you have multiple pieces and parts and data layers that really give you the power. So we had our metro lines, we had our hut marks, we had all of the different pieces of information they would need to navigate. And then 
we used um, field maps for them to be able to collect. So they needed to be able to take a, take a point, collect a point once they found the monument and take a picture to prove that they were there. And they could get extra credit by posting to social media. And so we leveraged GIS to essentially automate the lion's share of that part of the process. So it was collecting all of their locations, their photographs, their social media posting. So last year, that's kind of where we left it. And we did some summary statistics and things on the back end to do scoring and, and the grading and things like that. This year, and thank heaven, because we had such a wonderful turnout. We more than doubled last year. Yes. <laughs> So I believe 24 teams total, and that yielded, what, 170, 60, 70 bodies that we were Yes, a lot of bodies, a lot of bodies. <laughs> so we enhanced it this year, and, and I'm glad we did because we were able to, we created, we used uh, dashboards essentially to be able to see where our teams were. We could watch the points coming in as they were collecting, make sure they weren't having problems. And then it was uh, scoring in real time, essentially, to, to show us, you know, those scores as they were adding up. So we have point values assigned. So the more difficult points got a, a higher point value, the easier ones to find had a lower point value. So that made them have to strategize, right? Do they want to go out far and find those hard ones and get more points or do they want, really want to go fast and, and get the lower hanging fruit, if you will. So really fun competition. GIS was a huge lift for it and exciting to get it in the hands of the students uh, to see them you know, using it uh, in a real way and in a real, uh, real functionality. It was really exciting. Well, uh, what I liked about it, beyond just the fact that you were, we were able to, to track and, and, and uh, to score it so much, so much faster. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that we're living on our phones. We really, truly are. And especially a younger generation of students like this, uh, and I'm not saying we're we're encouraging to to stay on their phones and pay attention to the screens that much more and not where they're walking and walking into traffic. Um, but uh, uh, the fact is is that we were utilizing something they already know uh, with an with simply an app and being able to to do all of these things. It's not like we handed them a, a separate data collector or separate technology that they had to go through and learn something completely different. Uh, to be able to go out and very easily track around uh, the district and find these monuments. And I think you couple that new technology and, and their, their current way of navigating the world and you know, figuring out where the nearest Jimmy John's is, um, but also putting that all together with, uh, you were, we were directing them to, like you said, some of the most historic and uh, fascinating uh, survey data, survey monuments in the country. So I just, I love that merging of the old and new there as well, um, because it just, it, it, it really, it, it excited them, excited me. I wish I had an opportunity to go out and chase around some of these monuments like they did. Um, but it, I just, I really love how it all comes together and it, it really uh, shows this young generation of students and young surveyors what is truly capable with the technology? I think it's a it's a great story of where things are going. Oh, I agree. It's it's such a I'm a very practical person. I like to I like to apply things and and see things happen and and do things and and complete projects. You know, that was my my background for you know the first two decades of my career was 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 doing work and practically. So what's really exciting to me is this is such a great way to demonstrate it 
in a practical way, you know, and, and it was fun. It was, it was, and like you said, Tim, with today's consumer products that we all carry around, so much of that learning curve has, has really, has really gone away. And I would say that to, you know, all of our practitioners in the field, because most everybody's packing around some kind of a, a mobile device, you know, it might still be a flip phone, but it's technology, you know, right. and, and anybody who is carrying any kind of a smartphone, it's just packed with location and mapping and and those types of things. And so without even realizing it, we've all learned to some degree how to how to leverage and use that technology. So really that learning curve is, has really flattened, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, it made for, you know, at least for that part, uh, not to say that the students didn't have a fun time with the antique equipment out around the Washington Monument, but at least for that day of, of scavenger hunt of these fantastic historical monuments, it, it really set the stage for uh, a, a great day. And uh, I know a lot of those students and even a lot of the young surveyors still complained a little bit about, I had 40,000 steps today. Well, you know, that's good for you. I'm glad glad you were able to do that because it was a great opportunity to to like I said, to tie in new technology with old history, and I, like I said, I, you know, I kid about them complaining about the steps. Not one student or young surveyor complained ever about this the the scavenger hunt because it it was such a great uh, opportunity. And we would, you know, I, I guess from NSPS and the the perspective of the his, the history of the surveying competition, I'd like to thank thank you for helping put that that part of it together because. It really made it that much more tied into to technology, tied into the future, and uh, it made it that much more exciting. Oh, it's my pleasure, and it was just absolutely exciting for me to see it all come together. And as you mentioned, yep, we all heard them complaining about the number of steps and the number of miles, but not one of them did I see without a smile when they were saying it. So, yes. you know, it, you know, it's a success when that's the case. Oh, exactly. Well, listen, I'm uh, trying to be cognizant of your time. We appreciate uh, well, appreciate all that you do uh, for the industry, for that what you've brought to the table for Esri, for what you're doing for NSPS, uh, besides the fact that uh, you're now in leadership. I'm going to lean you on you leaving that much more. But um, we thank you for putting on the, the, the webinars. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll include that in, in this posting with the podcast, and uh, it'll be on your website, and it'll you'll be seeing it splashed everywhere. So uh, thank you again for, for putting that on. Thank you to Esri for being such a great partner. I do want to tease out there a couple of things that, that uh, you and I will be talking about in the, oh, not so distant future, but we would like to talk about, um, like you said, more of the workforce development and where some of that is going and the education that really needs to be included in that and how we can do that more with, with tying in the remote learning and a lot of the technology that's out there. Um, I do want to I do want to pick on uh, pick on you for some stories about uh, your background with the with how much because and maybe maybe I'm you know I might be the only listener out there uh, uh, that would want to want to hear it I doubt it uh, about all of the the work you were doing in the mines there in uh, in South Dakota and um, shooting signals back and forth from Fermilab in Chicago. I mean, there's some cool stuff there that uh, we, we can get into. And then last but not least, we want to talk, I want to, we want to try to, to introduce everyone to uh, the GIS dashboard that NSPS is putting together um, based around uh, your work and pulling a lot of this information in and even 
getting into some of that that open source data that we were talking about and why it's you know this is going to be a, a great application of why it's so it's so useful to our members to the public uh, to a lot of people and what what uh, you know your 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 work on putting this together along with uh, a lot of my uh, crazy visions of what this can be uh, that that you're making real is is, is, is kind of cool so. We got a lot of got a lot of cool things coming up uh, to talk about ahead of us. Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right, well, very good. Well, that'll wrap it up for this particular podcast of Surveyor Says. And remember, this is this is the surveying and GIS with Linda Foster. You're going to be hearing a lot more of this because this is where the technology is, and I think we've got a lot of practitioners out there that are going to find this not just as the series, but a lot of the information that we're going to bring forward. Very, very useful and very, very enlightening into where the, the, the technology and the profession is going. So, Linda, I hope you've got, uh, I hope, I hope you're, you're ready for uh, a, a lot of chit chat in the near future. I'm absolutely ready. Well, that sounds great. Well, that like I said, that'll wrap it up. Um, be on the lookout for that webinar. Uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, hit that like button, give us some comments if you like what you hear, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. <laughs>